Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining the Cozy Corner Book Club with your hosts, Sean and Lindsay. Sean and I have been best friends for over 15 years, and we spent that time dreaming up books to write, houses to build, banana bars to open, I mean, the list just goes on and on. So last year, we decided to start a blog of our own, Sean and Lindsay's Best Friend's Guide to Everything. On the blog, you can find recaps of your favorite film franchises, meal prep recipes, travel guides, our best adulting tips, and so much more. Check it out at bfguidetoeverything.com. In addition to our blog, we started the Cozy Corner Book Club and Podcast. Read along with us and then find us on Facebook and Instagram for our weekly discussion questions. Good afternoon, guys, and welcome back to the Cozy Corner Book Club. Today, we're talking about Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Just a reminder, our spoiler policy here at the Cozy Corner, we will be going deep into major plot points and definitely spoilers. So if that's something that you don't like, I know we don't like it, then just try and come back later on after you finish the book. And now we will begin with a brief summary of the book. This novel is narrated in an interview format and stars the members of the the fictional 1970s rock band Daisy Jones and the Six. We learn about the origins of Daisy Jones and her inattentive parents. She develops a passion for music and is encouraged by her best friend Simone to finish school and start a career in the music industry. We also witnessed how the garage rock band The Six began. Billy, Graham, Eddie, Pete, and Warren start playing together in high school. After Karen joins in is when they change their name to The Six. When playing at a wedding, Billy meets the love of his life, Camila. Soon after, the band was discovered and offered a recording contract. The Six released their first album and go on tour. The night before, Camilla tells Billy that she is pregnant and the two get married. While on tour, Billy develops a serious drug and alcohol problem and cheats on his new wife. Camilla gives him until the baby's due date to get everything out of his system and to get cleaned up. Billy is unable to get clean and misses the birth of his first child, Julia. The six later return to the studio to do work on the second album when the record label requests bringing someone in for a duet. They all mutually decide on Miss Daisy Jones. Immediately, Daisy and Billy butt heads. After some time, they're able to work magic together lyrically, and the record executives decide to make Daisy Jones the headliner for the six. While on tour, Daisy's drug problem worsens, and Grandma Karen enter into a secret relationship. After a successful tour, the band officially asks her to to join, creating Daisy Jones and the Six. Billy and Daisy spend weeks learning how to work together to write the band's next album, Aurora. While working on the album, Daisy tries to kiss Billy, and he runs away. Uh, They are forced to see each other again when it's time to shoot the album cover. Uh, Then Daisy goes on a vacation to Thailand, where she meets Nick, an Italian prince with a drug habit that's worse than Daisy's, and y'all, that means something. (laughs) Daisy and Nick get married in Italy, but the merriment is interrupted when Simone arrives to drag her back for the band's rehearsals. During an interview with Rolling Stone, Daisy told a journalist about Billy's earlier drug problem. After hearing about this, Billy begged the journalist not to print the story and gave him a different angle instead. 
the fact that he supposedly hated Daisy. The article ran, and tour ticket sales exploded, as people were excited to see the drama for themselves. The band set out on two tour buses, one for each of its singers, and the two never interacted on stage. During the tour, the two begin to speak again, and Daisy decides she's ready to make changes in her life. She gets divorced and wants to get off drugs. She goes to Billy for help, but before he can call the rehab facility, they got news that Teddy Price, the band's producer, has died. Karen finds out she is pregnant with Graham's child and ultimately chooses to have an abortion. After playing a show at the Chicago Stadium in 1979, Billy and Daisy struggled with their feelings for each other. Daisy gets drunk and goes to her hotel room. Billy goes to the hotel bar and orders a tequila. He takes one sip before a fan interrupts. The fan, realizing what was happening, distracts Billy with questions and pushing his drink away. Billy decides to leave the band so that he can maintain his sobriety and his commitment to Camellia. Later, Daisy is stopped in the hall by Camilla holding Julia. It is at this moment the author conducting the interviews is revealed to be Julia and that she vaguely does remember this moment where Camilla asks Daisy to leave the band and explains that Billy will never leave her. Camilla also says that Daisy deserves better than chasing a man she can never have. Daisy, touched by Camilla's compassion, leaves the band and does go to rehab, never to indulge in drugs or alcohol again. The band never plays again, but all of their members go on to live happy lives. Whew. <laughs> That's a lot. So just knee-jerk reaction. Did you like the book? We'll get into our questions and stuff, but I'm just curious. We haven't talked about it at all. I know this is the first, oh my God, this is the first time we've, uh, recording has been our first actual discussion about yeah. this. Whew. We need to do this more often because I'm ready. Um, I liked it. I mean, it felt like watching a documentary mm -hmm. where, you know, everyone's talking about their past and I mean, what's really interesting and I think it might be one of the questions we'll discuss is like how each person describes how an incident occurs how some of them may lie or distort the truth, whereas others are very open about, you know, whatever event occurred. Mm -hmm. And I just found it really intriguing that this way, this was such a interesting way to get so many viewpoints. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and that kind of goes along with like our first question about it being an oral history format. And did we like that unique writing format or do we really prefer just a normal straight novel? And for me, I thought it was really cool. It's unique for sure. Um, I listened to the audiobook, which was it had a different um, narrator for each character, which I thought was really cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's like listening to a full cast, you know? So I really felt like I was just listening to an episode of a documentary, like you're saying. Um, so it made it very engaging. It was, I think I got more out of it listening to it than I might have reading it because they could really convey a lot of emotion and it wasn't just reading a bunch of like miniature paragraphs with a name attached to it. Like it was hearing them talk just like you would in a show. So, um, I really liked it and I like this type of writing format in general. Like I love reading anything that's written in like letters back and forth or, 
Um, I've seen some that, you know, where they incorporate emails or text messages or just like other forms of communication. It's not just straight dialogue. And I like when authors can get really creative with their storytelling. Uh, on that note, this does make this, this is interesting because they are making this into a TV show. Are they really? Um, yes, they are. Um, at least that's what I saw when I was doing like research on the side because they were already looking at like you know top people like they the fans wanted casted for different characters i mean i could be completely wrong and it could have been someone hoping they'd make a movie <laughs> out, or a show out of it but i'm pretty sure i read they were trying to make a show We've gotten our hopes up and before. i don't <laughs> we have so uh, another policy you know can't hold us to whatever happens <laughs> do your own research <laughs> with future with future stuff because sean is a mess at all times um but if they end up do making it into a TV show, I, I think it would be really interesting because I feel like it would, you know, be half when Harry met Sally formatting. And then, you know, actually it would probably be just like when Harry met Sally formatting where they would have interviews of couples or individuals going over the events and then them playing live in front of you where you actually get to see without, you know, the biases. Um, that might be really cool. I'm not sure. Would be awesome. Yeah, that would be cool. But uh, I'll go ahead and on that note, kind of, we're going to skip around to another question. Okay. What, Getting crazy over here. <laughs> I know. I know, right? Um, what role does reliability of memory play in the novel? I think it kind of goes to what you were just saying, like pe- getting all the different perspectives of the same event. And so, I mean everyone's memory of an event is different and you're going to remember it from your viewpoint, what you saw. And it also shows a lot of individual people's insecurities. Like the thing one person might remember about an event is how they felt about what someone might've said to them. Whereas the other person didn't think about it ever again, you know, but, but it stuck with them because that's something they're insecure about or that they're, you know, really cared about the person's opinion or like, it just, I think it was a good way to kind of, give an inside look at people's insecurities without having to completely spell it out. Like you could kind of just tell the, like the relationships between the different band members and stuff by the way they talked about each other and how they recalled certain events. Totally agree. And one thing that I notated is that like, I actually did take notes and when Billy and Daisy are at their, like, worst moments, you know, with their drug and alcohol abuse, they're, it's never, we don't get to hear things from their viewpoint. We hear it from the viewpoints of others. So, and I assume that's because Julia, as the interviewer that's putting all of this together, may have asked them and they didn't know. Yeah. You know, there were, there were blanks that possibly other people had to fill to make the sto- to, to create this narrative, to create the story of what actually happened with Daisy Jones and the Six. Um, and, I mean, like, you know, Simone told a lot more of Daisy's story than Daisy did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same thing with Billy. Billy isn't, Billy and Daisy are, you know, the main character, like the big characters. But a lot of their story is coming from these other people because of the state of mind, their drug dependencies and whatnot. Well, what did you think the turning point was for Daisy and Billy to start kind of warming up to each other? 
And then, you know, they start having feelings for each other, of course. Uh, well, when they start to warm up to each other, it's very easy. It's when Daisy really put him in his place and said, no, we're going out to lunch. And he gave in. Like, I hate to say it, when he gave in and they went out to lunch together and then, you know, they talked for a few minutes, when they were just, like, eating there and they were actually communicating because he gave her an inch, he, he at that point, he begun to respect her. And yeah, they still butted heads over and over, but by the time when they got back from lunch, they were able to, okay, this is the process we can follow. And once they knocked out that first song, the other ones just kept coming. Mm. And it, it, all it took was a moment of him saying, I don't need to be, it was a moment where he had to give up control. And when he did, and he saw that, hey, things can kind of work out. And he was able to actually respect Daisy, not just as, oh, she's a good singer, but as someone who could be a good songwriter. That's when the magic happened. That's when they were able to really like work together and make this really great album. Um, I think there was some feelings for each other. But honestly, I know it was more from Daisy than Billy. Yeah. I know, I know Billy may have been tempted, but it was just kind of like, I don't think even, I mean, as much as he was tempted, he would never, you know, left Camilla. Like she says later. Yeah, I agree. I think that their whole turning point was really when they started to compromise. I mean, they both came in with such big ideas, like each of them individually, and both thought that their idea was the best thing and neither of them were really willing to work together Billy more so like Daisy was more willing to collaborate, but well, yeah, she but, goes in and she goes, I'm, you know, willing to read your stuff, but you got to read my stuff too. Well, and before first that, no. before that though, like she came in with a giant binder full of songs and was like, here you go. I'm a major songwriter. Like, let's just go well, in. These are that's because the, finished. Well, well, that's because the day before he said the whole album was already written that he didn't need her. Well, but I think she probably would have anyways. Like, it was just two <laughs> very confident people, you know, like Billy with his, he thought he'd already written it, and then Daisy thought she'd already written it, and it was like, okay, once they started collaborating, though, that's when they really started making some magic. Well, with him, he thought he'd already written it, and he was like, done. She was like, you can't write this without it being my voice, too. Yeah. But also, you know, she got a lot of satisfaction from putting him in his place. Oh, for sure. Like, that, that, that was probably like 80% of what was going down. <laughs> it's just the satisfaction of, no, you're not in charge of everything. And I mean, that's the thing that Daisy brought to the group, is that her holding him accountable made it so the other band members could too. And then, remember, the producer was like, no, Daisy's right. You two just work on the lyrics, let them work on the music. Mm-hmm. And once once that happened, you know, the like some of the petty squabbles kind of went away a little bit. Yeah. The petty squabbles of oh, I want a guitar riff, or oh, I want a drum solo, or oh, I want this. That kind of went away when Daisy went out and said, "I want creative control." And the other band members were like, "You know, we wanted control too, but we were afraid to ask." Yeah. And so, like, she was able to bring that to the group and everyone could get involved and pour their heart into it. Yeah. And I think really the rest of the band just wanted to be heard, you know, like 
even if they like their version didn't end up being the one on the album, like whatever they decided to add to it, there are certain riffs or, you know, like they were doing the music part while Daisy and Billy were writing the songs. So, I mean, sometimes Billy would come in at the end and end up like completely revamping certain songs, but they felt like they got a part of it. They had some kind of creative control because that's why they all started this band. It wasn't just to play their instrument exactly how Billy told them to. It was to be creative with it and to come up with something new. And when you've got that many creative people in one space, it can be difficult. Like they say, too many cooks in the kitchen makes it tough. But also you get so many more ideas and things that Billy himself would not have thought of, you know, be, but because he allowed at least a little bit of creativity amongst everybody else once Daisy came along then they were able to make better music because they were all collaborating. And another note, and this segues into our next question, is that Daisy called him out for a lot of stuff, including the fact that every single song that he was writing was the same. It was about his wife and his commitment to his wife and loving his wife because he was so afraid of backsliding. And uh, she called him out for that, and that's why she changed lyrics to make it a question, to make Mm -hmm. the meaning deeper. To add her own voice and her, and, you know, add the insecurities that he was hiding away and to bring them out, which made the music deeper. And that leads to the question of what did you think about Billy and Camilla's relationship? Uh, were you surprised that they stayed together after he cheated? Uh, why do you think she stuck with him? Um, honestly, I was very impressed with. Camila's decision towards the beginning of the book like while she was pregnant and Billy was on tour and she didn't like she knew that this was a phase and I think she just really believed in him and believed in the two of them as a couple and just she gave him the chance you know she said okay well I'm doing this date you've got until this date to get it all in your system go sleep with whoever you want I mean she didn't not in other words you know but basically she told him to do it all now because once you have a kid, you're not doing it anymore or you're not staying with me. And mm-hmm. that was I just very big of her, which I completely admire to have that much self-worth to say, like, even though I probably do need your income and I do need, you know, a second parent to my child, like it's not worth this. So if you don't clean up your act, then we're gone and you'll have to live with it. <laughs> so, and that's the thing is that she gave him a chance, mm-hmm. like a simple, you know, simple foot through the door. And, and it, I mean, it really was get it out of your system by the time the baby's born. And literally the day the baby's born, he ends up in rehab yeah. because they won't let, let him go see the baby. So he misses, what, the first three months? Something like that, yeah. Two or three months? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the rest of the book, like, especially while Daisy's around, is you can just see how guilty he feels about that. Like, he's a great dad now, and they've got, like, three kids at that point, and he loves Camila, but the stuff like that album being all about her, a lot of it is to kind of assuage his guilt about what he'd done and missing the first couple months of his daughter's life, and just wanting to prove himself, not just to her, but to himself, you know, like, like you said, to prove that he's not going to backslide and to have this constant reminder of the, you know, his wife that he'd chosen. 
But that's the thing. He covered all of his, you know, insecurities with a song that was basically like a, a word, like affirmations. Oh, I am the best husband. I love my wife. I would never cheat on her. Mm-hmm. Those were the kind of songs he was writing. But it wasn't until Daisy goes, let me put a question mark where there's a period. He didn't like that. <laughs> he didn't because it was too true. Mm-hmm. And so I have to ask, um, okay. How did you feel about finding out about Julia? That she was the author? Yes. I was pretty surprised, honestly, because at that point they'd been really candid. And like, can you imagine like as a father or, you know, like as a guardian of some I kind know. going into that much detail about like your misdeeds as a <laughs> young adult, you know, like. Well, once again, he really didn't like get very descriptive like when you read it like you know like I look back at a couple different passages and I'm like it does now that I know that he was talking to his daughter the entire time I see it yeah I see why he danced around some subjects and didn't speak about it he definitely was he spoke very very highly of Camila and very much downplayed his potential relationship with Daisy and like what that was like. Mm -hmm. Like he made it sound like it was all business on his end. Whereas Daisy was the one like fawning over him when it was definitely like a two way street, you know, like they were both into each other, but he was always, Oh, Camille is the only one for me. She's the only one for me. And in hindsight, like I see (laughs) why maybe he, Daisy was so terrible. She was just, Messing up everything, I, and I just you felt know bad for her. Every time I just I was wanted around to help her, her get clean. she just had drugs everywhere, and I just I didn't want that. And <laughs> you, you, when when you read it from that, when you realize who Julia is, you're like, oh my god. But then it's also like, what was it? Was it Eddie who was like the complete like, I'm like, jerk. Um, either Eddie or Warren. The drummer. I don't remember which one. I think it's Eddie because Warren was pretty chill. I think you're right. But either way, the drummer, he's just sitting there talking trash the entire time and now thinking, oh, this is your, like, your, you know, one-time friend's daughter. I'm like, wow, bold. Yeah. They were all very honest. But then again, I mean, when you're in the public eye like that, like, I'm sure it was all, maybe not all, but I'm sure a lot of that would have been public knowledge anyways. You know, like, it's all in the tabloids, and so it's... It's like, well, what's the point in trying to downplay it now? Like, if she really wants to know, she could just go read through some old magazines and see enough of the dirt to kind of put two and two together, you know? So, uh, what other surprises did you get from how everything ended and where people ended up? Um, I mean, Camila dying, that was a surprise. Um, I mean, it was a bummer. But I also don't feel like we got to know Camila that well, like... She, but she was a point of view character towards the beginning. I think, didn't they say like she died at some point during the making of the book? Because mm-hmm. she did have insight earlier in the book, and then towards the end, she didn't hear from her anymore. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I thought the way they broke up was kind of convenient. It was like everybody just decided this exact same night to go their separate ways, and there were no hard feelings. Is kind of what it sounds. Well, like. they lost. They lost their headliner, Daisy, who, like, was their... And they lost Billy, and the two of them were, like, the lead singers. Yeah, but they also... um, There was one other... 
want either Eddie or Pete, one of the two of them, Pete, I think, was also leaving and that was going to be his last night. And it was just like everybody was just done all at the same time, which it doesn't sound very realistic. You know, like there's always going to be some people that want to keep it going, but everyone maybe were surprised, but none of them were like to put out about it. Like they were just like, oh, okay, well, I guess we're done now. <laughs> well, I mean, I think a couple of them, you know, with all of the, like, the problems and the nonsense that had gone on. I think some of them, like, particularly, like, Karen, would have been like, okay, Daisy's out. I'm good. I've done my part. Like, I, I, I don't need this nonsense. I can try to do my own thing. Um, Because also, like, you know, Karen is, like, super inspired by Daisy. Yeah. Um. That's another thing. I wish I was there was a little bit more Karen in the book. Yeah, and I was going to ask, like, what did you think of her and Graham's relationship? It was a relationship, even if she doesn't want to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Like they, they, like, they had an apartment together. Like, he lived with her. And she, even then, she didn't want to admit that they were together. Even when it was just the two of them. And, I mean, part of that was because she's like, you know relationships between band members never work out okay yeah but like when you've been hooking up for like two years you live together it, at some point you need to define the relationship yeah I mean I I get that but I do feel like she was very clear in her like what she wanted you know um yeah she she, she, she just was keeps saying she was it. honest the whole time and like I think Graham thought too much of it and just kept thinking like, like what you're saying, like, Oh, she's just, you know, she's trying to downplay it, but actually like she knows we're in a relationship and she was very clear the whole time. Like this is casual, you know, like it's sure. We might be like dating. We might be in a relationship, might be exclusive, but it's, it's probably not forever. You know, like that wasn't ever her intention to get married and start a family. Like that wasn't what she wanted. Oh, exactly. And she was clear about that, but the part that she wasn't clear is that they had a relationship of any sort yeah. when clearly they had a relationship. And I think that's one of the things that kept Graham going is that he's just like, I need her to just say that we we're, you know, we're hooking up. We're doing this. Like, I think he just needed her to say that rather than to keep going on with the future and saying what she did and didn't want. Cause that was just notes to him. Like, okay, let's not get married. Okay. I can handle that oh, she doesn't want kids. That's okay. I don't need kids. Like, he was willing to sit there and go, okay, the, you know, these are the things about her future and I can go with it. Like, at no point like at no point did she say, we're not going to be together in the future. I think like, that was you kind know, of her way of saying it, being like, okay, I know these things are important to you, but that's not what I want. So let's just get clear the air now, you know, like before we get into anything so that you don't get your hopes up thinking this is going to go forever when we don't want the same things. In it was a communication barrier. Yeah. It really was. Go back to the love languages. It's somewhere in there. <laughs> <laughs> or Enneagram or something. We'll make something Yeah, up. some kind of personality issue. There, but there was, sure. there, there was some sort of, there, it was a communication issue. Mm. Where, you know, he was like, I'm willing to give up these things just to have you in my life. And she was trying not to be mean and, you know, 
I think they were both just But it also went on for a long it time. It did, so. yeah, which is misleading for sure on her part. You know, like, if she knew she didn't want to stay with him long term, I don't think she should have kept it going as long as she did. But then again, she was honest the whole time that it was a casual thing. And if he read too much into that and thought that she was not being serious, and that's kind of on him, you know? Um, any other concluding thoughts on this? Because we actually kind of just knocked this one yeah, out. Yeah, that was a quick one. Um, <clears throat> who would be your picks to play Billy and Daisy in this said TV show, alleged TV show that you've gotten our hopes up about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's see. Um, are you talking, okay, so obviously we're talking about them in the moment, like, in the stories they're describing, right, so like not in their them 20s. as. So like in their 20s. 20s, 30s. Okay, like. let's see. Well, first off, you know, I don't think she could be Daisy. I think she could be Karen. My girl, Emma Stone. Yeah, I could see her being a Karen. Very, like, the easy A vibe, you know, the, like... <laughs> Oh, yes. You you know, okay, everybody, Lindsay knows that I'm just, like, in love with Emma Stone. Aren't we all? I just got to think for Emma. You got Emma Stone, Emma Watson, Emma Thompson. (laughs) I mean, they're all great. Um, but for Daisy, um, I have somebody. Let me pull it up. You tell me your pick while I, uh, double check and make sure I... Okay, Say I the don't remember correctly. the guy's or name. Or get the right person. But I think my pick for Billy would be the guy from Friday Night Lights. Did you ever watch that? Uh, no. Oh, well, then this won't make a whole lot of sense to you. <laughs> but, but also, there's a lot of people. <laughs> well, you would know. <laughs> Me just saying Friday Night Lights, you'd know who I'm talking about. Um, uh, his name's Taylor something, I think. Hold on, let me look it up. Yes, so for Daisy... My other girl, Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy, Zoe Saldana. You think? I think I don't think that, she's got the hippie I don't vibe know if she, like Daisy does. I, I don't think, she, but she has the attitude. Remember, like, the whole point of her, Daisy, is that she has a, you know, this raspy voice. Oh, Grant, she don't have a raspy voice. I just think I'm just seeing what I want to see. <laughs> You know I love Zoe too. Oh, well, I mean, like attitude, I feel like she, I feel like she could pull off the attitude of Daisy very well. You're right; she don't work. <laughs> a for effort. Though. You know what? Let me let me let me live in my world <laughs> where Zoe and Emma Stone are in the same movie. Okay, I found him. His name I don't know how to pronounce it. It looks like Taylor Kitsch. It's K I T S C H. I'm showing... Uh, okay. You don't recognize him? Nope. Well, I think he would be the perfect Billy. He basically... His character essentially was Billy on Friday Night Lights. <laughs> um, he played... Ooh, what's his name? Tim Riggins. Mm, Riggins. Okay, so I just pulled it up because we're, you know, talking about this. Daisy Jones and the Six is an upcoming Amazon video series based on the book by Taylor Jenkins Reid, set to have 13 episodes. Mm -hmm. 
and it is produced by Reese Witherspoon, who you forgot to mention. This is a pick from her book club. It is, which Sean was, like, offended by. He thought she was trying to take over okay. Oprah's book club, but, like, there's room for more than one. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wasn't, like, offended. You were offended. It was more so... No, no, no. It was more so I was like, okay, how many of these celebrities are going to have their own little book club with their own faces plastered on the book. I'm like, first off, you got to be like top tier. Now, Reese Witherspoon, she top tier, but I'm just worried that someone who's not top tier is going to be like, I got my own book club. Well, they might, but then no one, they're not going to get any traction if they're not top tier, you know? True, but it's just... She's had some good picks, though, let me tell you. I So I read that one pretty recently. I also read... I think it was her December pick, maybe, called One Day in December. And I have not cried at a book in a long time, but, dude, I bawled <laughs> reading that. It was so good. <laughs> and then I immediately told my roommate about it and made her go borrow it. The audiobook is fantastic. They're British, so the accents are just incredible. Um, uh, such a good book. But, anyways, so I've read several of her picks. Oh, also, Little Fires Everywhere. That is a Hulu series now, uh, starring our favorite Carrie Washington, almost Olivia Pope from Scandal. Oh, they actually do have some of the cast announced. So, uh, let's see, Riley Koff is going to play Daisy Jones. Um, it looks like she was in the movie The Runaways. Um, and is the granddaughter of Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. Um, playing Billy is going to be Sam Clothin, who was Finnick O'Dare oh, in Hunger Games. Interesting. I see it. I see it. I picture him with like dark, straight, like chin length hair, though. And I can't see Finnick like that. Well, I'm just saying the guy. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm sure they can do it. But that's the only two people I saw right on that one that came out in January. But either way, gonna be kind of cool. I'm interested to see how it's gonna come out. Um, yeah, this was a very great read. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It had been on the top of my list for a long time. Um, pretty much all last year that's all anybody wanted to talk about was daisy jones and i do really like taylor jenkins read um i've read a couple of her other books um after i do and then there's a um a short story called evidence of the affair which was also very good so i'd highly recommend those if you haven't read any other taylor jenkins read well on that note i think it's time to introduce the next book that we'll be doing, which I am super excited. This is Sean. It pick. is. It is my pick. I read this book for the first time in ninth grade as part of a book club that we did at Orange Park High School. And the book is Graceling by Kristen Keshore. And I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. It <laughs> sorry, looks like Kesh- Keshore. Like, I don't want to say it and pronounce it wrong because then it sounds offensive, but Kristen, it's your book. <laughs> um, What's our genre so this month? I'll go ahead quick. and uh, for the new book? For, yeah, for next month's book. 
Like for Grace Wing. It is. It is young adult. Fantasy ish. You know, a lot of our books kind of multiple genres. Yeah, for sure. But it's kind of a young adult. Okay. Deadly Grace. Katza has been able to kill a man with her bare hands since she was eight. She is a Graceling, one of the rare people in her land born with an extreme skill. As niece of the king, she should be able to live a life of privilege, but graced as she is with killing, she is forced to work as the king's thug. When she first meets Prince Poe, graced with combat skills, Katza has no hint of how her life is about to change. She never expects to become Poe's friend. She never expects to learn a new truth about her own grace or about the terrible secret that lies hidden far away. Mm. So I've never read this one, so I'm excited. Well, I'm super excited because this book is, this series is kind of unique. So this is the first book. The second book she wrote was a prequel slash spinoff. Because the events don't really tie directly into this. Um, it's just a story of another person. And at the end of it, they make mentions of how... Of a character who it does get prominently featured in this book. And then they do have a... Then years later, she came up with a sequel to this book that takes place a couple years later. Revolving only... You know, focusing about one of the minor characters from this. Speaking of sequels... Do we want to discuss very quickly the well prequel technically that's coming out for the Hunger Games? We can, but does it really go with this podcast? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay, talk about so um, a ballad of Songbird and Snakes <laughs> is coming out. I personally will be reading it. I will too. Um, I'm very. <gasps> we should make that our book club pick. Okay. You know, we could move some stuff around. When does it come out? May. Early May. Maybe we do it for June. Yeah. I'll be down. Give us some time. Sounds good to now me. Now we got to rearrange our whole schedule <laughs> because of random spur of the moment ideas. I knew I shouldn't have let us make this announcement. <laughs> well, I wasn't trying to announce anything. I just wanted to hear what you thought about the prequel. <laughs> but Oh, well. <laughs> See what you did. <laughs> But you've heard, like, who it's about, right? Yes. Okay. I'm very curious to see how she does that without, like, trying to make people sympathize with the dictator. We'll see. Well, on that note, we're going to try and segue back into saying good good day, good evening to wherever you may be. Um, We appreciate you guys joining us on the Cozy Corner Book Club and can't wait to see you next time. Thanks for joining, guys. See you next time.